Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 44 of Unmasked. I am your host, Neil Getzlow. Uh, as always, I thank you for coming on this journey with me. To the listeners who've been with me since day one back in March, to the new listeners who have um, who have come across my podcast here over the past few weeks, just appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in and for listening. And if you are new to uh, this podcast, I encourage you to go to neilgetslow.com where you can learn more about my journey, learn more about my book, Unmasked, Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. And I also invite you to scroll through the feed of podcasts. There are 43 other episodes that you can enjoy if this is your first one. So uh, please check it out and listen and, and let me know what you think. And you know, today is one of those episodes where I really wish I had a video component to go along with the podcast, because uh, if you... If you could see my face right now, you'd see this uh, very big smile on my face because I am so excited uh, about introducing uh, today's guest to all of you. Because it, if you, unless you go to my church in Kansas City, you are probably not going to know this person. Uh, today we're talking with Devin Hampson, and Devin is the Connections and Volunteer Director at the Rock of KC, and I have been looking forward to sharing her testimony really since the day I started this podcast. And, you know, that's, this is, this today's show is exactly why, uh, that I do this, you know, and, and it may be just, um, you know, selfish because I love hearing these stories about what, what Jesus has done in people's lives. And so I, I first heard Devin's testimony when she got up on stage at the rock, uh, was probably a couple of years ago and talked uh, a little bit about, her testimony, and you know, she came from a very um, broken childhood, dealing with drug addictions at a very young age, dealing with pregnancy at a very young age, going to prison, but breaking free from that thanks to the power of Jesus, and to then be embraced by this church that we're both at, and she's taken this leadership role at the church, and then, and then, well, you know. That's one of the things that I've learned on my journey is that not every day is going to be an easy walk. You know, when when you're saved, you know, Jesus breaks you from the sins that are inside of you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your walk is always going to be easy. And while Devin has, has an unbelievable turnaround story, she also has grief to share and, and walk through that season of grief, which she's doing right now after losing her husband earlier this year due to COVID and to see her show up at church every day, every week, praising and worshiping God the way she does, despite everything that she's faced over the past year, it truly is. And I tell her this, and, and I, I want her to know this, like just her actions, just her showing up, just her praying and worshiping the way she does brings so much encouragement to everybody in that building. It is awesome. And that's why I'm so excited to bring you her journey today. So let's just get right into it. Episode 44 of Unmasked, Unmasking the Journey of Devin Hampson. Devin, thank you for coming on the Unmasked podcast this week. I, I truly appreciate you being here. I know we've had some scheduling Works that have come up and you were dealing with a little bit of illness, but I'm I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you get a chance to to share your your journey with with everybody. 
Hey, it's an honor. I love what you're doing. I love just the name in and of itself, Unmasked. Um, there's a lot of us walking around, um, not fully confident and free in who we are and the way that God designed us. And I think that your platform's giving people the opportunity to do just that. And if people haven't stepped into that, it's encouraging people to do that. So it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you asking me to, to be a part. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that uh, and the encouragement that you offer. And um, so before we before we jump into your story, uh, just, just take a couple of minutes and tell everybody who you are and where you're at in life today. Sure. Um, again, Devin Hampson is my name and um, follower of Jesus, first and foremost, and um, a mother of four children. I have two grandbabies. Um, I absolutely love what I get to do. I'm on staff at the Rocket KC as the volunteer and connections director. And so I just get to connect people and link arms with people, which I'm, I'm super passionate about, um, helping people just draw closer in their relationship with both God and each other um, and helping them become truly who God has designed them to be through uh, connection and through, you know, seeking after God um, through, you know, jumping into scripture, prayer, all the things. So it's an honor for me that I just get to walk alongside people and advance his kingdom uh, through doing life together with uh, the local church. Yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, so you're at, you are kind of part of the leadership team of, of the church I am at, as you said, Rock of KC. And, uh, you mm. know, I remember hearing your testimony. I think you shared it uh, at a, on our, during a redemption weekend last year, maybe in spring of last year, I think it was. And um, just remembered how I just, uh, you know, it was an, it's an incredible story. Uh, but, you know, before we get into all the details of it, like, as you look back, over the, the course when you were sort of in the, the worst part of it, the darkness of it, did you ever think, uh, you know, that one day, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be stepping up on stage of a church and, and leading people to Jesus and, and bringing encouragement to people that had to, could not have been close to the top of your mind. I'm going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're accurate. Um, not at all. I mean, there's a there's a whole awakening that happens obviously when you you trade uh, your life of death for the the life of Christ and um, for for me your perspective uh, changes dramatically obviously the, the moment you say yes to Jesus you start to see with his eyes but there's it, it takes time uh, you know spiritual maturity scripture talks about us being infants in our, our, our spiritual walk and that's where I was the moment I said, uh, yes to Jesus. I was a spiritual infant. And so uh, 19 years later, hopefully I'm a little bit more mature. Uh, but I would say at that time, um, I had absolutely no idea what God had in store, but he did. I mean, scripture tells us that he's before and behind and all around us. And so he, he knew that you and I would actually be right here uh, on this podcast today, having this conversation. And it's not not something that I ever knew was going to be part of my future. And Glory to God for uh, his faithfulness and steadfast heart towards me uh, as I waded through, you know, some pretty dark, hard times. Yeah. Well, I can honestly say that I, there's no way I could have ever had this pinpointed down on my timeline of my life. Right. That, uh, that I would, you know, confess that Jesus is my, my Lord and Savior. Just no yeah. way. Like that's like, you know, it's just, uh, you know, two years ago, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> that this would never be possible. And so, uh, yeah. Um, so it's encouraging to hear like, and you are, you know, I know um, people don't know you, but you know, you are still a relatively at a young age, but have walked a lot 
um, yeah. and been through a lot. Um, so let's just kind of jump into it. And you've, you've, um, you know, battle addictions from, from a very young age. Yes. Um, and so that, that kind of rooted in your upbringing, right? Yes, definitely. So, um, upbringing, I, I mean the most utmost respect and honor to my parents. My mother's actually no longer with us. Um, yeah, she passed away from, uh, her addictions and, um, but my father also struggled some, he is radically chasing after Jesus now. So praise God for that. But the, the environment I was raised in was pretty, pretty chaotic. There were nine of us come from a big family, um, you know, addiction and drugs and uh, just chaos were just the normal part of our, our upbringing. And so by 11, um, I was, you know, mimicking quite a bit of that. Um, and I already jumped into, um, the drug world and was addicted to drugs from 11 to 20. Um, which is just crazy. It was sixth grade up, up until I was 20. And in, in the midst of all of that, I'm just going to get real and raw and yeah, <laughs> all of it quickly. Um, I had a child at 15. That's my oldest son and um, my daughter at 17. And so I had kids in that process and by the grace of God, um, sober for their pregnancies, which is incredible um, and a testament to God. I did not know him at that time. Um, but yeah, it was it was a long nine year road of of battling um, addiction. Was so? How did you know as as an eleven year old? How did that? How did you stumble into that world? Yeah. Oh my goodness! The people you surround yourself with really matter. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, of course. It's what's so crazy is that you asked that question, and I can remember the moment I made a choice that took me onto this path. And sixth grade year, I was on the back of the school bus kind of hanging my head out and we were getting ready to take off from the, the parking lot of the, the school to head home. And there was a kid asking me out on one side of the bus and this other kid asking me out on the other side of the bus. One kid was very preppy and known for, you know, good things. And then this other kid was kind of a bad boy. And of course I said yes to that. And then, um, uh, yes to the bad boy. And I was immediately thrown into a, a circle of, of, of people and, and an influence of people that was very unhealthy. And I didn't have any faith or confidence in who I was, didn't understand that I was a daughter of the most high king, that I was made on purpose for a purpose. So I, I quickly just settled into to what they had to offer. And my identity became quickly uh, what they were offering. And before long, I was, I was addicted right with them. So. Um, and so, you know, you said, you mentioned that your, um, you know, your parent or at least your mom had battled addiction. Yeah. I mean, did they, did anyone try to intervene? Did, did, I mean, did anyone even see what was happening um, at that time that you were I would... starting to go down that path? That's a really good question. And I would say it probably wasn't until I got pregnant that um, the caregivers in my world, their eyes were opened to to what was really going on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was oh, go several ahead. years deep at that point. You were what? Several years deep into my addiction at that point. And the, the addiction really did take many different forms. It's, it's, I didn't just immediately jump into one specific, you know, substance. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, it was alcohol and then um, uh, marijuana and then Coke. So just to, to give you specifics, I hope that's okay. Of course. Uh, no, and then yeah. it, it progressed over time. And um, by the, from 18 to 20 was really the, the ugliest years. And that's when meth was introduced to me. And uh, I mean, I lost, I lost everything. That was uh, a very, very dark time. So all nine years were dark and a struggle, but 18 to 20 was, was really rough. And I, I, I definitely wanted to get into those 18 to 20 years for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to ask, you know, as, as someone and so at the time, right, you weren't, you weren't a believer. And I'm assuming that there wasn't any religion in, in your house growing up. There wasn't. No, okay. um, I was the fifth out of nine kids. And um, by the time I was on the scene, any religion as that's what i would call it they were they were never you know followers of christ but religion enter and seep into the family prior to me uh being born but there was there was none of that by the time i i was on the scene so um so because i so i'm just you know you know i I still can't you know sometimes how god works you just don't understand right and that you (laughs) know there's such a you know this world offers such a easy and, and cruel way for, for people to terminate pregnancies, especially if, you know, you're on, you know, if you're not a believer and, you know, don't see the value in, you know, in human life that I think people are missing today, but you stayed with your, you know, you didn't have an abortion at that, at a young age. Was there something that like, what, what, um, what helped you make that decision? Um, no one has ever asked me that question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so just to be completely honest, uh, by the time I told my mom actually that I was pregnant, my mom said, you have to abort. We're not keeping it. And I said, okay, um, not understanding the sanctity of life, not understanding the, um, beautiful thing called life, you know, not understanding the the gravity of what she was even sharing with me, but we went to the doctor and uh, he said, you are, you're five and a half months pregnant. Uh, we, we can't terminate the baby. Wow. Uh, but that was, it was actually an, an option in my, in my mind. Like it was something that I had said, okay, like my mom is telling me this is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Um, but I was, I was so far along that um, it wasn't an option, which praise God for that. Again, God's grace is, um, he's touched everything and has filled in all the gaps. And uh, that's just one beautiful, profound example of him doing just that. So, yeah. And my I'm son, way, the one I'm talking about, he's 23 today, loves Jesus. He attends the rock. <laughs> uh, he, um, him and his wife just got married. Um, he serves on our production team, uh, no addiction, no, any of that ever present in his world. And so, uh, again, God is, we serve the God of the gaps. I had all kinds of gaps in areas where I was blowing it for lack of a better term. And he came in and his grace met my son right where he needed to be met and me. And, uh, now I get to see him, him flourish as a follower of Christ. That's awesome. I mean, and I love hearing that. And I know, I know which son you're talking about and, um, <laughs> you know, and it's just, I mean, that brings me uh, a lot of encouragement to know that, you know, that, that, you, you know, you, you're able to move beyond 
you know, what you struggled with. And, and now you've, you're, you know, you've, you're raising, you know, a, a amazing family. And like, it, I just think about my, my own boys, uh, you know, so between my wife and I, we've got five sons and, um, we finally have one that is on a walk with Christ. <laughs> yeah. On, um, you know, on God's terms. And, uh, but he was, he was, you know, to be honest, he was walking a path similar to what you were, Yeah, you know, that, mm. um, just with starting with, um, you know, started with him getting a job and then meeting, you know, people that he probably shouldn't have had it, that shouldn't have had influence over his life. Yeah. Uh, and, um, led to smoking that led to drinking that led to drugs that led to yeah. harder drugs. And finally, you know, and I, I still not sure how, I mean, I, I hope that I'd like to believe that, you know, the finally after he, cause he's, he experienced life with the old Neil mm. and now over the past couple of years, he's been able to see what God, the difference that God has made in, in, um, in my life. And, uh, I, I just, you know, hopefully the seeing the, the redemption that's taken place, Absolutely. You, you know, helped, helped him see something inside of himself and, and listen to God and whatever it is, he's walking a new path today. So you may see him around the rock of Casey a little bit more. Um, that's amazing. There's, there's so much power in our testimonies. I mean, it, I would love to know, and it's a question I'll ask Jesus one of these days, is just how many people said yes to you because someone made the decision to uh, be vulnerable with their story, to share their testimony, to where they were like, hey, I'm, I mean, the enemy, he's he's very, he's crafty. He's got the same old tricks, but he's crafty. And he likes people to believe that they're alone. Like my story, it's just, it's just my story. And he doesn't want it, us sharing it. But yeah beauty is, is when that gets out into the light, it not only frees me um, from trying to have shame attached to me for my past, but it also brings freedom to other people to know that, hey, they're not alone and draws them in to experience this, this amazing God who, who loves us regardless of our same track record, who has pursued us and never changed his posture towards us, regardless of how far we've gone, who promises us that we're never too far gone. It doesn't, I mean, it, it just blows my mind. And so there's, you're, absolutely right that if your son has been watching you just watching you and the transformation take place part of his his transformation is attached to your transformation that's how it works yeah yeah and i also look at it too like just you know i see and i see the same thing for with amy as i see you know she sort of started this family tree by you know she got saved and you know praying for me and praying for her son and and, you know, she continues just to sort of weave this family tree. And I look mm -hmm. at it the same way with you, you know, like you just keep praying for people and, and, and leading them to Jesus. And, um, if you're faithful, God will, will bless those steps that you take without That's question. Right. That's right. So, well, let's go back to the dark years a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about 18 to 20 being, you know, really rough and, um, what, what are those years look like for you yeah so um goodness this this is the part that i mean just revisiting it is it is absolutely insane to even think that this was part of my reality or decisions that i could even make or something that i was able to overcome and get through and uh i'll 
point to God for that and his grace um, and his strength and his mercy and his forgiveness um, to be able to say I'm on the other side of that and share that share this piece with you today. But um, during those two years, I actually signed temporary custody away of my kids um, to my family members because I I mean, I I had no electricity. I had no running water. I was um any electricity or gas that we had at the house, we were doing so illegally. And sometimes I'd have it, sometimes I wouldn't. I had no food. Um, there was a point where my neighbor, I was living in these these townhomes at this point. This is before I ended up homeless and before I signed my kids away. Um, which even that coming out of my mouth is just the fact that I was able to make a decision like that. And the fact that God still said, Hey, I choose you. I love you. I forgive you. (laughs) I'm going to restore all the things times 10 that were lost during those years. That's, that's how good he is. But um, in these little townhomes, just to go back to that, there was a neighbor who worked for little Debbie and he would bring little Debbie snacks over for my, for my kids. And um, my father actually came to me and he said, Hey, you don't have this, you don't have food, you don't have money, you don't, you don't have a job, you're obviously addicted to drugs. Would you entertain allowing me to keep the kids while you navigate this, this season? And um, I told him I'd get back to him. And about a week later, um, this was right around my son's fifth birthday, um, I went to him and said, uh, I think this is, this is what we're going to have to do. And so this is closer to the 20-year-old. 20 year mark. And, um, he went ahead and took custody of, of both the kids and then other family members jumped in and helped. And from that point for the next like eight months, maybe it wasn't eight months from May to October, basically I lost it. Um, I, um, was living on the streets. I was staying. Uh, there was one of my dealers who had like a cot that I could sleep on in his garage. So I'd sleep there sometimes. Um, and, um, before it was all over, I was actually an IV drug user. I don't know if you know what that means, but I was actually shooting up Mm -hmm. is probably a more common terminology, um, meth in my arm. And, um, that was about a year of my, my life. And that's when I ended up with, you know, no electricity and the kids are eating little Debbie's and, um, I mean, it was, it was ugly, Neil, it really was. And, um, God protected them through that season, but those two years were, were really rough. Did, did you ever think about giving up at any point during that? Um, no, I, I guess for me, it was more when I was in the middle of it. I mean, truly as an addict, you're just, how do I get to the next high, you know, I mean, it, it, it was really a fixation. It was the only thing I was concerned about. Um, it wasn't until I was incarcerated that, uh, that, that time and being in jail that I was able to get sober and begin to see clear. And that's when I was like, gosh, I, I want to be well and healthy for my kids. And, but it, it took me being, uh, arrested and then put in solitary confinement as I was, um, detoxing cause I was very sick. So I was in solitary confinement for about a week while I was, um, you know, I was puking. I was very sick from coming down and coming out of that, um, into, you know, a larger holding area where some other women were, that's when I was beginning to be like, Oh my, my goodness. It was like my first time in years that I was able to see clear because I didn't have some sort of substance in my, my body. Hmm. 
so I'm assuming it was around that time that God started to appear in your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm actually getting tears in my eyes just thinking about it. What a, what a beautiful, beautiful God he is. Um, so it was actually in that, it was in Ray County and, um, it was in that holding cell that I picked up the Bible for the very first time. And I still have that Bible and it was called, it's the new international version, but on the outside, it says free on the inside. And then all throughout the the Bible, it has these inserts of people's redemption stories of people's life before Christ and after people's life in jail and out, out of jail, people's, you know, just transformation story of going from addict to not being an addict. And, um, it was then that I'm reading about this God who loved me, like regardless of where I came from, regardless of how bad I had messed up, regardless of how much I had hurt my kids and my family. I mean, that's, that's the thing with uh, addiction, sin, all the things when, when you're in the middle of it, you think it's just impacting you, but there was a massive ripple effect. It was impacting my children, obviously greatly, but my, my siblings and their children. And, um, so there was a heaviness of what have I done met with the beauty of this God who said, it doesn't matter what you've done. I love you. You're forgiven. My grace is sufficient. My blood covers. Uh, your sin is as white as snow. You know, come alongside with me. Come alongside me, and let me show you what this beautiful life looks like. And so, it was in that jail cell that I made the decision: like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow this God. And um, I got transferred from there to Clay County. And from there, I called my my father and said, I'm ready to get sober. And uh, so, the journey of sobriety began there. Wow. And then, you know, how were you able to, you know, what were some of the ways that you went about building your faith now as you're, you know, going to sobriety and, and, you know, and you're a mom. And so how are you, how are you building your faith um, at the end of getting, getting past those dark days? Sure. Um. So are you asking me how I'm doing it now or like at, Right was, after I was getting yeah, sober. Yeah. I, was, I mean, was, you know, what were some of the steps that you took, mm. you know, when, after you, you know, got out of prison and, you know, started, you know, got rid of drugs, you know, how were you able to, cause you, how were you able to build that relationship with Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so once I was released from jail, they, um, I knew from that moment that I, I couldn't do it without help. So the first thing I did was go through a 30 day inpatient rehab. And um, that was, it's not faith centered at all. Um, but something I was taught at a young age is that you get out what you put into something. Right. And so I made it very faith centered. So in those 30 days, um, they're teaching you about just, you know, addiction triggers and giving you, you know, language for things that I had experienced, but didn't have language for. And there's a lot of power in having language for something. And so now I'm all of a sudden I'm understanding triggers, understanding this, but in conjunction with what I was being taught as far as addiction goes, I started reading that Bible like crazy, re- reading all the mm-hmm. stories, jumping in at reading the testimonies. The testimonies were the first things that, again, drew me to Jesus is reading these inserts of people's life transformation. And um, then just I would read every night every night, just keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. And then once I was uh, released from the 30-day inpatient, 
um, I went back to my same environment and there's a lot of danger in that because you're surrounded by the same people. Now this was prior to social media. So it's even harder now. So I didn't have social media. I actually didn't even have a cell phone at this time. And so I went back into the same environment, had the same friends, but they weren't as easily accessible as they are for people now. But I knew also, um, thank you, Holy Spirit, that I couldn't stay in that environment. So I, I moved away to a, a small town called Milan, Missouri. And uh, once there, I immediately got connected to Milan Christian Church. And so reading scripture, being connected to the body, uh, learning what all these different things meant, like how do you pray? And I mean, just yeah, yeah the things that you just don't even, all of it was so new. My eyes were opened to all new language, all new like thought processes. And so God began to do what he does, which was transform my belief systems for his belief systems, transform or transfer my belief systems into his, and then take the lies and replace them with his truth. And he began to renew my mind and give me a new heart and yeah. do what he, he does through <laughs> his word and through prayer and through community. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm, and, and I'm, um, I'm glad you talked about relationships because I think that is for me that was such an important transformation that that took place. You know, I I shed a lot of relationships from my past, mm-hmm. you know, that were leading me down the wrong paths. And you know, you worry, you know, at least for me, right? I sort of like, well, I'm, you know, what's I'm going to get rid of all these friends that I have, but then what's going to replace them? And that's the great thing about what God does is that he brings you fills you up with new relationships and, right. and it brings you new people that, uh, that fill you up. Right. And and then encourage you and that are walking alongside of you. And it's just, uh, you know, that was such a huge, I think that was such a huge accelerant for my faith. Yeah. Were all these people that he was bringing in, into my path, these new yeah, people. And- even today, it's, it's um, you know, I'm ni- 19 years in and, well, tw- yeah, 19 years <laughs> in. Um, and I would tell you that um, the community is still such a huge part of, um, you know, Scripture Proverbs talks about iron sharpening iron, you know? Mm, I mean, the, yeah. the reality is, is we see in part and we know in part. Scripture tells us that. But God loves to speak through his people. He loves to speak through the word. He loves to speak through, you know, an exhortation from a pastor, but he loves to speak through prayer and getting away in the secret place. But he loves to use his people to bring forth, you know, revelation, to bring forth perspective. And so I continue today to grow um, because of the people that are around me. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I want to transition and, and talk about and fast forward quite a bit. Uh, to to where you are today, and and just talk about uh, a season that you're walking in today, because um, you've recently dealt with uh, losing your husband uh, mm. through COVID, and and I will say that um, like seeing the way that you are walking through it is. And I don't mean to sound, I don't want this to sound fake or phony, but like it truly is. Um, it is so encouraging for me, and I know it is for 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 a lot of people because you are staying faithful to God, and and uh, but I know that that's I I mean I just like I I can't even begin to comprehend what emotions you might be feeling 
yeah going through this season i'd love for you just to you know hear what you, hear what it's been like here how how it's uh how you're still able to to walk in faith despite going through this this dark time right well the i guess the first thing i'll say is that um <laughs> our god didn't change right yeah. so yeah. if you go back to my childhood and the pain experience there the addiction teenage pregnancy you know multitude of other things that have happened in my 40 years here on life, uh, on planet earth, you know, um, he doesn't change. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not surprised by anything. And so sometimes that's hard to even think about. It's like, okay, so he knew this was coming, you know, and you grapple with that a bit. But I think the, the beauty for me is, which is crazy to even say the word beauty in the midst of literally it's the dark night of the soul. The beauty is, is that my citizenship which is in heaven, is the exact same citizenship as my husband's. So I don't have his tangible presence here, which is very hard. I miss yeah. him tremendously, his voice, his presence. He was very active in all of our worlds, the kids' worlds. Um, you know, we're walking through Thanksgiving and Christmas and th at this time of year, uh, it's I miss him. I, I can't say I miss him more, but I miss his voice and his, you know, like, Hey, let's run to the grocery store and get all the things that we need for Thanksgiving. So there's a lot of little, little moments, but those moments of, of pain and those moments of, of deep grief and those moments of, of crying, I've, I've learned to lean into those, those spaces. Um, but it doesn't change my citizenship. And so the fact that his citizenship is heaven, my husband, Chris, and my citizenship is, uh, is heaven is, is a beautiful thing. So what I'm doing with that and what God has given me, like, um, he's, he's given me his eyes. He's given me spiritual eyes. I'm not seeing in the natural. I'm seeing in the spiritual. He's giving me an eternal perspective and eternal perspective gives you hope. So that doesn't mean that the, the hard days aren't hard and the hard moments aren't hard. And there hasn't been lots of tears and sleepless nights and cry outs to God that he's, he can handle you know, and, and questions, but the fact that he is the same, the fact that we have eternity in mind and we have eternity to hope for. And the fact that scripture tells us that, yes, we grieve, but we don't grieve as people who don't know Jesus because we know, I, I know I'll see him again. And when I worship God on a Sunday morning service or worship God through prayer, or worship God through the week, as I'm, I'm crying out to him, my husband is worshiping that exact same God. So there's a disconnect in the temporary, but the eternity, the eternal perspective is very different. We, I see him again. We're together again, you know? Now, yeah. scripture tells you there's not marriage and, and all of that in, in heaven, but we reunite. And that eternal perspective is what gives me the strength to day in, day out, continue to lean into God continue to declare his goodness. Now, again, uh, it's really easy to declare the goodness to God when things are all going, you know, great. Uh, it's much harder to declare the goodness of God when you are going through the dark night of the soul. But I made the decision that I'm going to mourn into the Father's presence instead of mourning into unbelief. And as I mourn into his, his, his presence, the affection of heaven is is present. 
the joy of the Lord becomes my strength. And um, this community around me <laughs> yeah. has been a huge part. That Like, I'm a visual person, but if you just think of someone like on a big, huge tug of rope, and I'm on one side in this deep pain, but the entire Rock of Casey community is on the other side pulling me through. Like, obviously, the strength of heaven is pulling me through, but this community is pulling me through through their prayers. I'm standing on it. Strength returns to my soul because of it. So there isn't like one specific thing, but it, it is people. It's leaning into his presence. It is having an eternal perspective. It is allowing God to comfort me. It's allowing Jesus to come alongside me and be what my husband was to me, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, no, I, that, that's, uh, that's so good. And I, I love how you describe this, this idea of, of eternity and that's, you know, and how it changes your, you know, as followers of Christ, it should change our thinking. And mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, I have thought about, I've seen your strength and I've seen your energy, you know, when you get up on the, on the stage and, and, and are encouraging us. And I think, you know, if I was in that, because I'll be honest, look, I, even I, I walked through a very rough season getting out of my addictions, but yeah. for the most part, my life has been easy, right? God has been good to me. I'm incredibly blessed that the, that it truly was temporary afflictions in my life yeah that i was able to walk through quickly and so i you know there are times when i wonder is 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 my faith strong enough mm. to you know to survive you know going through a season like that yeah and, and so i think your perspective on you've got to look at it from an eternal perspective versus what you might be feeling here on, you know, here in the world today. Right. Yeah. That was a long answer, I'm sure. But yes, I, uh, there's, there's no magic, uh, button or equation to, uh, this thing called grief. It really is. I, I heard people talk about grief, not being linear mm -hmm. early on, but it, it's true. Um, it, it comes at you in waves and sometimes hundred foot waves, sometimes 300 feet waves, you know, and, um, if it wasn't for my faith in Jesus and for my community and for the truth of scripture, I, I wouldn't be standing, you know? And, um, so that's what makes all the difference. Sure. Have you, um, have you thought about what the future looks like? Has God shown you where your footsteps might be leading going forward? Um, no, I wouldn't say, I mean, there's certain things he's speaking to me. Um, but the season he's calling me to right now is, is presence, being present in the moment, being present with the things that come, uh, you know, the, the pain and the hurt, um, and resting in those, you know, he, uh, I went to Colorado earlier this year. I think I was telling you about that, um, in July, and I got away and, uh, we have a family cabin. It's been in our family for over a hundred, almost a hundred years. It has no running water, no electricity. It's sitting on 13 acres in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I'd never gone by myself, but I went by myself and, um, I just spent five days literally with God and, um, you know, 
it's amazing. There's a lot of things buying for our attention. There's a, there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of things telling us what we should look like, sound like. Um, and it's really hard to hear the whisper of God when everything else is overpowering it. And the busyness of our worlds um, typically take precedence over God's voice, unfortunately. And so getting away like that uh, was really good for me. And um, what I feel like he spoke to me in that moment right now in this season is that I need to make sure that I am resting and make sure that I am, am reading, like he's, he's going to be changing my diet. And there's going to be specific things that he is going to put in front of me, certain books, certain conversations, certain voices that I need to lean into um, and to be present right here in, in this space and in this moment with my relationships and my pain and what I've been um, given and put in my hand right now to steward. And so that's, that's what I'm trying to do is be faithful and steadfast with the things he's given me and the little things he continues to give me. And, you know, I think that's probably, I, I, I think you're right. I think that is something that everyone needs to do, which is to, to what, right. It's what pastor Kurt always challenges us to do, which is to be still. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like I am, like I am suffering through a season of not being still of being, being given into distractions way too easily. And, and so I, just to hear you talk about getting away for five days and not doing anything, but, mm -hmm. but focusing on God, like that to me is like, <laughs> I can like feel that. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it's like, okay. I, it's like, I think it's, I need that. <laughs> I, yeah. I think, we all do. We yeah, all do. We really do. Like I, Amy and I had a chance to go to uh, Colorado um, last fall and we were only there for like a day and a half so it wasn't much of a you know a chance to really um I wish i could have had more time because the one the, just the one thing that i i took away from that trip was silence mm -hmm. Be because yeah. we were far enough out in the country there was you could there was no roar of cars driving by cell phone reception was spotty like I could literally, like we were on this farm and I could hear like maybe 50 yards away, I could hear like the horse horses breathing and I could hear the birds wings flapping. And it's just like That's that amazing. silence, yeah. that, that silence is so important because mm -hmm. you're right that I think the, the way we are in this world today, all the distractions, everything, there's no way we can really hear what God is trying to say to us right. effectively, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, he's speaking. He's yeah, speaking. Yes. It's just, are we postured to to hear, and are we even postured to receive? And um, I know Pastor Philip has mentioned sometimes. I've heard him say that busyness leads to barrenness, and mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that that there that's a profound statement and and very true, unfortunately. And so as we just busy ourselves with being busy, and we forget to pause and uh, go into that secret place that. Uh, the fruit of that will be barrenness. And I would say that the fruit of that also is um, the inability to hear and receive from God the Father properly because there's just too much going on. Um, it's a hard practice, but it's it's a beautiful practice to get into. Yeah, for sure. Well, Devin, I just I thank you again for for taking some time to, to talk about your journey, your story. And you have filled me up with again. You have fired me up and it filled me up with encouragement and and a really good word today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor, really. 
Now, thank you again to Devin for coming on this week's episode of Unmasked. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I listened to this interview again, and it just brings me so much encouragement to hear her talk about her journey, what she's been able to overcome. And, and like I said, for her to be leading at the church in this season of grief and hurt, it's um, you know, it's something that I, I wonder if I would have that strength you know, if something like that happened in my life. And uh, I'm just I'm just so blessed to be able to bring you Devin's story this week, especially during Christmas week. I hope to um, send you out on the holiday on, on a very encouraging note. So um, yeah, I hope you do enjoy your Christmas time with your family and friends over the weekend. If you're traveling, I pray for safe travels for you. Uh, we will have an episode next week. It's going to be a solo show. And uh, as we get ready to head into 2023, I know people like to start the year off doing things, doing new things and getting new routines and habits into place. And I'm going to talk about the things that I've done over the past couple of years that have sort of, well, have kept me grounded in my faith, helped build my faith, my faith journey. And I'm going to get into some of those things that I think that I hope will help you as, as you think about what you're aiming for in 2023 and, and fresh starts uh, I want to try to give you some some thoughts on that. So be sure to tune in next week. And I just am so appreciative of all of you for listening. Thank you again to Devin for coming on this week. And remember, everybody, Jesus did not come to hang out with the saints and the righteous. He came to hang out with the sick and the sinners of the world, just like you and just like me. Have a great week, everybody. 